Some memories don't fade Sometimes you miss the old days But nothing changed, lest you change What's around you, how you think How you live, how you speak How you walk, how you blink How you talk, how you teach How you reach, let it sink What's your purpose, what's your passion Through the pain, what's your plan Is it plain, on a plane, how to play What's your purpose? What's your passion? We are here. This is Plugged with Molly and Joel, the Mental Warriors. It's coming like clockwork. I am Molly the Voice. That is words by Joel. Um, you tuned into us, you're bound to get some type of information, something that you ain't know nothing about before. Maybe you did know about it, you know a little more about it. Um, but like I said, I'm Molly. That's Joe. Joe, I'll have to be. What up? What's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome for another. I know I was kind of MIA last week, but I'm back in full of action, you know, ready to go. <laughs> Unfortunately, unfortunately, you was in my, you know, you're always missed. Of course, you're going to be missed. You know what I'm saying? I mean, your, sure. your, your insight on things. I hope you caught that, um, who I paid homage to last week. Um, oh, yes, I, I definitely appreciate that. Thank you, brother. That was very, very hard. I, 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 I think that's a cool cat. You know what I'm saying? One cool cat right there. But without further ado, because we did have one spectacular moment in hip-hop, I would like to say. What you think? Uh, you go there? Yeah, you could say you could say it was a hip... Uh, it was definitely a moment in hip-hop. You know, it was one of those unforgettable moments, per se. <laughs> yes. Live from Madison Square Garden, we had the best verses that I can think of out of all the verses. I think it rivaled Beanie Man and Bounty Killer. Uh, sure. We had Dipset versus The Locks, or The Locks versus We had it, and um, wow, Jada Kiss. Can we get that picture of Jada Kiss up real quick? Wow. Yeah. Kudos. <laughs> <laughs> Kudos to Jada Kiss. Um, the man said decades ago that he was top five dead or alive. He right. said it, he meant it, and he's lived it, and he proved it this past week. What you think? Well, we ain't been hearing from Jada in a while. You know what I mean? He been away for a minute. And people tend to forget about those who don't talk that much. But then when he came back with all those bars, it was like, oh, man, we see why he said he was one of the top five. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I loved it. I was like, you know, sometimes it's best to speak when spoken to and when you when you got something to say, just say it and let people know that you're still here. So kudos to Jada for doing that. Yeah, I think he really let everybody know that he was still here. He's still relevant. He still could spit bars. His um his energy was great. Um, Styles P energy was great. Um, Sheik Luge energy was great. The ladies was loving Sheik Luge. I mean, all up my timeline. Ladies, <laughs> I don't know. It's these buff dudes, man. You know what I'm saying? These buff, these these, these big brolic dudes, man. That, you know, I don't know what it was, but yeah, they they did their thing, man. They they really they really um they really took us back, like you were saying. I think you were saying earlier that um some of your people was part of Dipset and all that, so it took you know yeah so to be back 15, 20 years ago. My brothers uh, were very familiar with a lot of the cats at Dipset, and they rep Dipset real hard. So I got to know a lot of those guys, and it was just like I just remember that time of music being. Like it was, it was, it was their moment in music history. So just to break, take that back and realize that much time has passed and where we are right now, it's like wow, okay. So like I said, it was a blast from the past. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I was a little biased because I've always liked the locks over Dipset, but I, I, I watched with, I watched with, um, oh, let me set because I'm trying to share this live with everybody. But I tried to, um. Hey, what up, Queens of New York City podcast? I tried, I tried to look at it with a with a you know objective mindset and all that. And to be honest with you, if the delivery, it was more so the delivery than anything else. Um, to me, the locks was ready, the locks was prepared, the locks was um, they practiced. You know, what I mean, right. they 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 was they was ready. And I believe Dipset wasn't. And Dipset, oh, I mean. You know, they hit the history with them is that they already been having problems internally 
for years now. You understand what I'm saying? Back and forth, here and there. They be together, they not together, they messing with each other, they not messing with each other. Just the other day, Jim Jones and um, Cameron wasn't messing with each other. Not the other day, but you get where I'm going. Recently, yeah. Well, that's part of it, too. The connection with the locks was more, like you said, it was more personal because they still close. You know, they still connect. But Dip said, like you said, it's a lot of confusion. It's a lot of chaos. So the chaos is going to be seen whether they don't talk about it or not. And it was pretty relevant there, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they was ready per se. I mean, they they were they were always showmen, just like Uptown is. Uptown is 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 pretty, you know, show showy. I take it from someone from another borough, my brother from Uptown. You guys are showmen. You know what I'm showtime. saying? And um, huh? I said showtime all the time. That's how Harlem right. is. Right, right. So <laughs> if they were ready to me for me to say they were ready, Sean. That would be. Um, that would be them knowing their lyrics, like you know, that would be them being ready. But as far as like being on stage and stage presence and being showman, nah, that's something that, that comes natural for them. So, I think, I think they would have gave themselves a much better chance, a much better chance. Yeah, they are, they're about their money. But because I went, I went to high school up in Harlem, quiet as cat. I love the, I love the experience, it was one of the best four years of my life, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, if they were prepared, they might have they might have had a better chance. It would probably have been closer. We probably would have been having this 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 talk about how they got demolished. You understand what I'm saying? Because they do got hits. You know what I mean? And then when you really play it back, let's say you played it side by side without the show. Let's say you just go on Spotify and play both lists. I guarantee you probably think differently about the about about the verses itself. You know what I mean? Because um, Dipset did have a lot of them party party joints right, right oh yeah for sure like for sure i'd maybe maybe the element like you said them not being ready and them not feeling that energy maybe that's part of the reason why they didn't you know come out the way they were supposed to but yeah playing both of those party lists together you'd be like okay i see why they should have been dipset versus locks but you know but maybe, it, you know, goes into, it goes into our, our topic that we're going to discuss during current events the current state of hip-hop Right, the current state of hip hop to me is disgusting. To me, it's just not. It's not. It's not. It's not in a good place in my in my eyes. And I and I listen with an objective ear. I listen to listen. You know what I mean? Because you then you got the cancel culture. You know what I mean? It's hard for any artist to say anything now as opposed to back then. We're going to touch on that with the baby. You know what I mean? Because like our um, one of the one of the lyrics in in in, in, in I think it's all about the Benjamins or whatever it says. Say move around hard when you was when you when you was pussy as you know what I mean as RuPaul, and nowadays that would get you canceled. Right Absolutely. or wrong? Absolutely, because you're identifying as RuPaul as a p-word. You know what I mean? So you gotta, so you you gotta think about what you say before you say it because there's somebody who's offended by what's being said. So you know the disclaimers so, are very high. Were we wrong back then, or are we too sensitive now? Wow, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think the the censors weren't up back then, but there were some things you looked at and said, "Ooh, you know that." Uh, if the wrong person had heard that, it might have been offended. Mm. But now it's like everybody's ears is on or open. Everybody's ears is open, so now you're gonna say something that offends that person or offends somebody. Before right. maybe, maybe you didn't have too many ears before, but now that you have everybody's ears, it's like okay. Now, yeah, now you shouldn't have said that. Right, right. See, uh, yeah, um, no, we weren't. We weren't as sensitive. Um, I think, I think the sensitivity part just came, just just grew. I don't know. I mean, I don't know from what place it grew from. I think it grew from you know victim, the vi- victimizing and stuff like that. The victims and stuff like that. People calling out. People getting strength to call out what's happened to them and all that was happening to them. And, don't want to stand for it anymore, but I think it's getting out of hand now. If, if you ask me, we can talk, come down to cancel culture, you know. Well, we've de- I, you know, I've, I've definitely set my piece on these things. Uh, I think it's still a form of division, you know. Yes, there are things that are going to hurt, yes, there are things that are not that are offensive to people, but we got to really sit down and identify what's offensive and what's not. So then it's a way of division, whereas they keep us divided within ourselves, so right. So instead of blacks uniting, we're going to separate 
um, trans black or gay black or lesbian black because you know and have us hating one another in that sense as well. Right. The more division, the more division, the more classes that you have, the more division that you have. It's like well, you have another group out of another group, but in one and all, we're still the same. Right. Right. Well. I mean that was I mean that's interesting. We're gonna we're gonna probably touch on it again when we um talk about the baby situation later on. So I think people these days look to be offended and play a victim role. Yeah, I, I when I say victimization, I don't know, maybe it's a word, maybe it's not a word. Um, but um I think people use it as a tool, as a weapon for you know, to get their way. You know what I mean? Being the victim. And we're gonna speak to it in, in a little bit. Go ahead. It's also, I, I personally feel it's, a, it's selective. If you're going to be offended by something, you got to be offended all the way around. It can't just be one group of people that offended in this term. You got to, that has to be the way for everybody. And right. nowadays, when you hear about cancel culture and things of that nature, everybody is offended by uh, one thing or every, or one group of people is offended by it. And it but doesn't matter with another as another group says it or another group does it so but what but what's funny yes. is that what what culture they don't cancel is the culture of racism they don't right. cancel the culture they don't right. cancel the culture of hate they don't cancel the culture of, of of gun ownership you understand what i'm saying which leads to gun violence which leads to unnecessary gun violence so if they know they, they cancel what they want to cancel and that's what control the narrative of the world you know what i mean absolutely yeah, i do remember two live crew but what we're gonna do, we're gonna move on because I mean we could go on that one. I see we could we might have to come back to that one a little bit a little bit later. But what we're gonna do is what we normally do, which is pay homage, right? We pay homage to our ancestors, to people that mean something to us, those people that uh, that molded who we who we are as Molly and Joe and who a lot of you are out there. Um, some of these same people, you know, you're familiar with, some you're not familiar with, some comes from our history, from our lives and our history. And yeah, they just, they're just as relevant as anybody else. Um, so, but before we do that, we're on all platforms. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Anchor.fm, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Mixcloud, Google Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, The Evening Rush Network, of course, and Deja Vu TV. You can call into us at 929-441-2417. That's 929-441-2417. Um, oh, I thought we had a video from, from, from the Even Rush Network. Then we have somebody on, on, on <laughs> we have somebody on the streets from the Evening Rush Network. Right. Hello, where he at? I'm, I'm waiting for it, man. I wanna, I'm, 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 we had, we had. After the ultimate defeat to the locks, I need to find Freaky Zeke. Yes, that's right. I'm looking for Freaky Zeke. So I can ask him, yo, why you ain't have no chains on last night, my nigga? Like you out here posting and zipping. I'm doing 125. I'm looking for you. I'm in all looking for Freaky Zeke. I need to know why you ain't have no chains on. Steven Rush Network, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they're not going to die this down. That's going to be oh, that Shout out to Star Shout out to Star <laughs> All right, Joe. <laughs> All right, Joe. Pay homage, Joe. Who you paying homage to this week? All right. My uh, homage ancestor is somebody who I've always admired because, you know, I, I have always been a person of moral and ethics. The legendary Booker T. Washington. Booker T. Was an American educator, author, orator, and advisor to several presidents of the United States. He was also one of the founders of the National Negro Business League. He also started Tuskegee at the Institute, which was a school, a black historic, one of the first historically black colleges in Tuskegee, Alabama, to which he served as principal. And he was pretty influential in regards to getting African-Americans to find their trade, start their own businesses. So he pretty much laid out a template, if you will, for the black entrepreneur, which is one of our topics for tonight. So paying homage to Booker T and, you know, hopefully we're doing just right by you. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so too. Uh, 
legend Listen, her, her neighbors were the Rockefellers. You know what I mean? When she right. lived in the state, she, her neighbors were the Rockefellers. So Go that's big. saying something. Yep. Maggie Millionaire in America. In the Guinness Book of World Records in 1905, she created her own growth hair growth product that also helped to heal diseases of the scalp. Changed the game. Madam C.J. Walker started making her own products by experimenting with ingredients. As her wealth increased, so did her philanthropic and political outreach. Walker contributed to the YMCA, covered tuition for six African-American students at Tuskegee Institute, and became active in the anti-lynching movement, donating $5,000 to the NAACP's effort. Just prior to dying of kidney failure, Walker revised her will, bequeathing two-thirds of future net profits to charity, as well as thousands of dollars to various individuals and schools. So to this day, this woman is actually um, giving of herself to this right. day. You know what I mean? So kudos and definitely claps to the met to the one and only met people. And that just goes into um, so our topic actually for today is the it's actually um, the hardships of black entrepreneurship. We're speaking to about two people who, you know, who, who you know, who sh who's paving the way. So when we get to that, we're going to have to try to understand where we went wrong at somehow, some way. No? Right. That's right. All right. So what we're going to do now, um, some little minute earlier, but that's nothing. We're going to go run into the current events because we've got a few topics today. we got a few hot topics today. I mean, really, really hot topics today, like scorching hot topics like one of them is triumphant for me you know simone biles returned to the olympics yes 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 um simone biles returned to the olympics she won the bronze in the um she won the bronze she won the bronze she won the bronze medal in the parallel bars i believe is that it yes Yes, the parallel bars of recent after, you know, taking the time to stop or uh, pause rather from other Olympic contests. I think she had to go with, you know, when she was ready. You know, people look at sports um, as athletes and tell them that they don't have a reason to be, you know, physically burnt out or mentally, bur emotionally right. burnt out. Right. And looking at someone like Simone Biles, it's a lot of stress to always want to be on top, to have that pressure put on you, you know, especially when you're rooting for a country that's deemed as the best in everything that they do. So in her case, I was glad she was able to sit down and take this stop and, and sit down and look and say, 
you need a breast. You need a break. But yeah. it should just be for it should just be for athletes. It should be for everybody. You yeah. know, set the standard. Yeah. If you're doing too much, take a break. Pause. Get back to it. It'll always be there. Always. Right. I mean, listen. Your mental health is important. Like I said, there's no gauge into when you're going to snap, if you're going to snap, how you're going to snap. So in that sense, yeah, she needed to take her break and make sure she take that break for herself. Forget everybody. Yep, self-care is very important because there's people, like I said, there's people, there's people that's um there's people that when they when they when their mental health, you know, there's when like I said, you never know when they're gonna snap. All right. And in not knowing that. You have to be more mindful of people's mental health. That's the truth. I mean, I just I just looked at what's going on. And then you had a lot of athletes, not just Simone, like most other like Shakari Richardson and quite a few others that have recently during this Olympics have just decided to look at mental health and tell people how important it is. When the pressure's put on you, don't think that <laughs> don't think that it's uh and that we're always going to be a hundred percent, or always going to be the the at the best that we need to be. So, like I said, I'm personally, I'm personally impressed with how this is being handled. What I'm not, and what I what I'm not impressed with is how the media is starting to shame people for having a mental health issue or a mental health right. breakdown, like a Piers Morgan, if you will. Like we're not human beings. And I, he said something in regards to uh, Simone Biles and a lot of the other athletes telling them, like, it's a cop-out now. No, it's not a cop-out. Like, right. I, I would dare him to have a moment and have to break down and say, I need a pause. I need a timeout. I need to get myself together, collect my thoughts, gather myself. That's all part of emotional wellness. It's a wellness check. Right. So... For him and other media to look, sit there and say it's an excuse, it's never an excuse if you're not up to your, if you're not feeling your 100%. Never an excuse. Right. So anytime you're not feeling other than what you normally would feel, take that break and don't be ashamed. She don't owe us anything. Neither do any of these other athletes that feel under pressure or under stress. None of them owe us anything. And you're absolutely right because I had a case in, you know, I think it was some years back and um, it's what they call the case of the yips, you know, um, in sports, you know, they say the yips in gymnastics is called the twisties. Same thing, right? It says our sudden and unexplained loss of skills and experienced athletes, meaning you can, you could been throwing a hundred miles an hour. You could be, you know, doing a million tumbles. You could have been playing basketball, the best of your abilities. And, um all of a sudden you just lose it all of a sudden it's just gone and i've experienced that it says symptoms of the yips are losing fine motor skills and psychological issues that impact on the muscle memory and decision making of athletes leaving them unable to perform basic skills of their sport so i'm gonna tell you a story one time i was down south and um and um i was down south and i was going to play softball you know what I mean? I was going to play softball. And, you know, I'm, I know how to play softball. I played softball all my life, you know, from young to, to that time. You know what I mean? Played outfield, could catch, all that. And I get out there, and for some reason, it just left me. I couldn't catch nothing. I couldn't throw. I, bro, I was, I was, I was like, I could be aiming dead at you, and the ball would go straight to the right, like, just, just out to the right like it was bad when i say it was bad it was bad and that was the yeah it was crazy it like i'm telling you i could i was and then it got so bad outfield that they made me go into pitch so i go into pitch and i couldn't even get the ball to the plate wow. you know what i mean so mind you i know for a fact i can play i know for a fact that i was i i've i've, I've done this time and time again played outfield hit the ball, all that. And for some reason that day, I couldn't do it. And I'm going to tell you probably what it was. I was down south. I didn't know anybody there. You know what I mean? So as they call it, stage fright. You know what I'm saying? And right. Or, or or just the change of scene. That right. has a lot to do with it as well. You know, just changing the scene 
uh, of a place, if you're not familiar with the settings, that could throw you off your game as well. Right, right. So that has a lot to do with it. I mean, look at it this way. I'm, I'm, and, I, and I'm going to bring up a couple of recent things. Do you remember when Vontae Davis, uh, he was playing, I think he was a Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills cornerback, yeah. when yeah. he just retired in the middle of the game? Like half right. at halftime, he said, I retired and left the field. Right. People realized that he was just people, you know, people were like, oh, he's crazy for doing that. No, he probably just had a breakdown and not to leave because he got frustrated. Even but, what just happened with uh, Richard Sherman a couple of weeks ago. Never had an issue in his whole career, and he had a, a breakdown. He was depressed. Right. And you know, people are not people are not realizing it has a lot to do with what's been going on these last 17 months with the pandemic, people losing uh fam loved ones and just gone, like their whole lifestyles have changed. And, health, and that goes to our next question about it. It says the importance of mental health and self-care. It's very important. It is beyond important. We've learned that in the last pandemic how important it is because a lot of us was going semi-crazy ourselves. Absolutely. We just, we just haven't been diagnosed for it yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but a good question that we were asked in, in production was, why is mental health an acceptable excuse for a mass shooter but not for an athlete to withdraw from a game of competition? Well, I, I, I want to look at it this way. An athlete, they figured that money is the is the healer, right? Ah, uh, healer. So if you have tons of money, if you're making uh, a accessible living, you can't be crazy. You can't right. have issues. But we know that's not the case because we know that millionaires commit suicide too. <laughs> so you know what I mean. But that's it's obviously ignored because the money is supposed right. to be a barrier to your depression. Right, and mental health is always ignored up until it's 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 it show itself, and right. when it shows itself, it's ugly. Right. When mental, when mental, when people's when people mentally break down, it is not a good scene, and that's what people need to understand. We don't need we're mad late on catching mental breakdowns, mad Absolutely. late, and that's just going to take us to our next topic real quick. You know what I mean? Because we could go on the mental health and self-care and i think we need to get somebody in on that and we can speak to that um again i think um we, we spoke about it a little bit but we need some more we need some more help in that in that department too you know what i mean but um so we have cuomo governor cuomo sexual harassment accusations is now founded and it is founded to be true the oh man um it smells witch hunt, smells like a witch hunt, you know what I mean? But I mean, if true, he violated these women's comfort zones and the such. And it's nothing, it's nothing that could be, you know, um said towards that. So to all victims, I'm always gonna, you know, do my disclaimer and say, listen, more power to you. Hope you find the strength to move on. Um, but in this situation, it just smells like this, you know, the, the stink politics. But you, I mean, what do you think? I totally agree. And I know I'm probably going to turn a few heads with my, with my choice of words. But it's funny how these things come out when things aren't going the way that people want them to go. Right. You know, almost had a lot of power during this pandemic where he kind of kept this city in the shape that it's in. Because he had, if he had buckled to the people who wanted to change things and bring things back to normal, we might be in a worse state of affairs than we are now. But right. when you're when you're in a position of power, people do anything they can to get you out of that seat. Whether it's false claims, whether it's uh, whether it's making you look bad. I mean, the damage has already been done to Governor Cuomo. So it, it would be impossible for him to recover from this. But as he said the other day, I'm 63 years old. I'm at the end of my life when it comes to politics. I'm not trying to run for anything else. So yeah. he's very strong-willed in what he does. That's what makes me believe him a little more than the accusation. Because if he had something to lose, he would have taken the low road and said, I'm done. You know what I mean? Timing. My thing is... It's, it's timing. It's always timing. Like it, it to me, it seems like people felt a way about how he was approaching even the, the Washington. You understand? What I'm saying he was looking at Washington. Like, listen, nah, we ain't going for that. We ain't. I'm doing my state this way. He was, you know, he was he was standing his ground against the powers that be, 
And these are the things that happen when 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 you stand your ground against the so-called powers that be. Right. Um, they get you up out of there. You know what I mean? It happened with Cosby. It's going to happen with um, Cuomo. It's happened with a few of these cats. You know what I'm saying? Where they getting too out of hand, out of pocket, out of their britches. Hey, listen. You know what? Nah, we're gonna we're gonna knock you back a peg or two. You know what I mean? Because th these are things that's probably been known or probably been said something about, and they're just going to bring it up when it's convenient to to, to crush people's lives and careers. Absolutely. I'm not, I don't know. I think you should just say something that when it happens. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and tell a victim what to do or how to do it, but I'm just going to say for my, for my own taste, you know what I mean? Listen, when you've been victimized, come out and say something. Be, be, be strong about it, man. Listen. Yeah, people might people might backlash you or whatever, but be strong about it. You know what I mean? What, I, what and what I will also say to that, I can understand if it's one case. I can understand if it's even two cases. But mm -hmm. to dug dig deep 20, 30 years back and mm -hmm. say that this is a pattern when there obviously wasn't one now, that's something that's a problem for Right. And with that said, man, you know. More power to Governor Cuomo, hopefully, is not founded. But we're going to take a break uh, real quick and get a little few words from the Evening Rush Network. Looking to podcast shows and do not know where to start? The Evening Rush Network can help you with that. Call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at theeveningrushnetwork at gmail.com for dates and prices. We got you for all your podcast needs. The Evening Rush Network. Tune in, subscribe, and share. And we are back, and of course, we are sponsored by none other than the Big Apple Baller. A lot of things, a lot of things going um coming up in the next fall. Right in the fall. Oh season. yeah, got you know, ball of bronze is going to do some things, and ball of beauties. Everything is going. I, I see a lot of good things happening. Of course, we're on Instagram at plugged MJ. That's at plugged MJ. We're also on Facebook. We're on Facebook. That's plugged with Molly and Joe. I on Facebook. That's at plugged with Molly and Joe on Facebook. Um, now we're gonna just shoot right into our next topic because we touched on it earlier with our um, who we paid homage to, and um, well, all, um, when we if we have a few minutes afterwards, I do want to touch on the baby situation as well. All right, we'll go back to that one. But topic of the day, topic of the day, topic of the day, topic of the day is. The hardships of black entrepreneurship. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that topic, why did you bring that topic up, Joe? Uh, because for most that don't know, I am a incoming black entrepreneur. I've dealt with a lot of small businesses up here in Harlem for a long time, and I'm taking that next step to start my own black business, you know, my own uh, entrepreneurship, if you will. And I'm seeing the difficulties that apply when it comes to small black owned businesses. Nowadays, it's almost like you have to, it's almost like you have to have wealth in order to be a business person. Right. There is no level that starts from somebody who doesn't have anything yet and starting from the bottom to the top. Right, like a lot of these, a lot of these um, good old American stories, American dream stories, where exactly. they start from nothing and they create an empire. We don't get those opportunities, and just like you yourself, um, I guess you know, I could consider myself a black entrepreneur as well, trying to do something within the community and you know have that um, be my be my career, my job. For, for the duration of my life. And it's hard. It's tough out here. It's tough to get people to support. It's tough to get people to um, even just like, you know, just like what you got going on or watch what you got going on or just right. share what you got going on. You tell people to share, they looking at you like, ah, uh, you know what I mean? I'm literally handing flies out to people and they're like, oh, I don't have no kids. I'm like, well, you got people that you know that got kids and they look at you like, nah, I don't. Like, 
what the who what kind of monk like <laughs> so you ain't got nobody that you could pass this flyer off to you right. know what i mean and you know um the hardships of it for me is is like you said it's the finances it's the finances it seems like you have to have so much money you know what i mean yeah to get people to share yeah um, you have to have, they, you know, you have to have so much money to even get your, get your, feet, you know, get you off your feet. And you what's crazy, and, and what's crazy about that is that, um, in many ways, there, there, the, the system has many ways for us to gain that capital, um, without people having to come out of their pocket. Just like if we like a platform like this, or a platform like Spotify, or a platform like Facebook, or a platform like um, Twitter, or a platform like um, TikTok. Whereas all our people would have to do is just share content, share, share our entertainment, share our, share our words. No. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it looks simple, but it's not. And it's not, it's not the difficulty lies. Like you said, in communication, it lies in getting the word out there. It lies in gathering resources because I think it's such a strong atmosphere. Now it's a strong atmosphere in business. So everybody's looking for the next big thing or looking for the next new thing. And everybody's minds is set on that. So the supply and demand is high, but it's also overstretched. Like you don't know who's the real deal or whatnot. It was easier growing up or it was easier back then because not everybody had it. So when you saw one source of something, you said, oh, this is something new because it's the only one out there. But now when you have multiple people doing the same thing, it becomes something that, that drags. That, it's tiring. The dinner plates and you're talking about right. the, the dinners, the weekly you dinners. Start, you start open. Yeah. Yeah. You start taking off of everybody's one big plate and everybody done grabbed into the plate and there's nothing left. There's no substance there anymore because everything is gone. Everybody done took into it. I mean, my solution to some of that is there needs to be a collaborative or a collective of that particular union or that particular source. And they come together and spread it out to the world and say, we're, yes, we're different, we're different podcasters or we're different this, but we all have the same goal. If you want to talk to one of us, you got to like talk the, to all of us. Like the Evening Rush Network in a sense. Like, right. Uh, like he got like about eight nine shows, but he we, we're supposed to be considered a family. I exactly. can't wait till we start doing those type of things where we start connecting with the other podcasts because that's one of the other things that we can speak to. It's self help. You know what I mean? Within our own circle of the Evening Rush Network, we can help, we can help boost each other by just doing what sharing one another's content. content. You understand yep. Sharing one another's content, have it be like clockwork. Listen, oh so and so show on. All right, I'm sharing that live and as such you know what i mean so or going on each other's shows and 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 talking our truths or talking our stuff you know what i mean that's so right. that's you know it's 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 the it's, it's the unity within it right but then we spoke to about the lack of access to capital and credit you know what i mean so now we're going to the system part of it so we went to the personal part where we ourselves don't necessarily support one another but then you have a system that don't support us as well right well the system I, people look at modern day economics, modern day economy, modern day money as a game. I, you know, I, it's, it's, it's almost like you're gambling to a sense. I look at the stock market and I look at a big gambling ring, if you will. People putting money that they don't have into something and you're playing like Russian roulette with the stock market. You could win or you could lose. There's no guarantees. I, I guess I compare it to gambling. And that's what I look at when I look at lack of access to capital and credit. A small business is not going to have capital or credit because they're new. They have nothing. They have no uh, no, right. no resources. They have no substance. So right. you can give a big business capital and credit because you know that they're there and they can back up what they have. And but not even not e and not even a big business either. They're well, small. Well, small business too, but I, I guess it also goes to supply and demand, if you will. It goes into what's in demand right now, what's in supply. Are people interested in what you have to sell? If they're interested, then you have ways to uh, access credit and capital. 
But if you're a business that is like brand new and trying to figure yourself out, you may not have that because people can say, oh, you're a one hit wonder or you may not be around long enough to, to access credit or capital. Right. But now watch this. Watch what happens now. So they could get the capital from banks and other investors. If they have credit. They can. If we have credit, we were never taught how to get credit, get credit. from right. young and to build it and as such. But now what I was speaking to the fact that you're talking about big business, but what big business do is that when their sons or their daughters or when they're, they're what's the name, have an idea, they want to open up a bakery in Manhattan or open up an ice cream shop in Manhattan. Guess what happens? They get the capital and the credit. You know what I mean? They get the credit, then the capital. So, so it's backwards. They get the credit, then the capital based off of mom and pops. Yes, that's right. The, the, yeah. the fortune that's already been laid for black yeah. businesses. Most of us aren't as fortunate because we don't have a fortune or a legacy to let back. You know, we don't have as much. We are the legacy builders. And in right. doing so, what we have to do is start teaching our children the same way they taught their children. You understand what I'm saying? To leave, listen, the, we, we, a, lot of, a lot of our parents, a lot of people try to teach their kids to go away. They, taught, they teach their kids to lean on them. Listen, right. nah, don't go. We, we got to support one another. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Supporting each other's event. Because if I got 100 people that support your event and Sean got 100 people support your event and, and so forth and the other, and Sean knows this very well. We did it in one of the most secular situations ever, and that was the circuit. You know what right. I mean? The circus. You know what I mean? When we say the circus, I mean it was just pure just stupidity in, in a sense. You know what I mean? We could have did so much more positive with that platform but we were partying, we were drinking, we were, we were, we were, we were out there with the women, all of that. But the one thing that I would say is the system was was perfect because it was each club had to support each other. You understand what I'm saying? So that's what entrepreneur. That's what the, the hardship of entrepreneur, black entrepreneurship, come based on the lack of support of one another. You understand what I'm saying? To you know, what I mean, it's almost like the barter system. Like, all right, I got, I got, I got, I got, I, I make milk. I got milk over here. What you got? You got wheat. All right. Well, let's do let's do this trade. You understand what I'm saying? Nah, I got milk. You got wheat. If I need wheat, I'm gonna go to the store. Think about it. You understand what I'm saying? And if and 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 if, and if if they need milk, they go to the store instead of coming to me. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So that's the problem with black entrepreneurship, if you ask me. Well, we depend on big business or commerce to get us. But here's another fact that I forgot to bring up earlier. Um, growing up, uh, back in time before we were born, our parents and their parents, they had a trade or they had a particular skill that got them into business. It was a little easier back then because that skill is how they lived. Yes, right. you had multiple skills. Like, let's look at somebody who's a, a, an electrician or a handy person. You know, that was their skill, though, their means of survival. It was easy for them to start a business because their skill was their uh, was their capital, was their credit. I, and I, I personally believe that. And then from there, you would teach your child, or you would teach your uh, you would teach your significant other how to access your skill, and then you pass on the you pass on the uh, family business. That's how it was back then. But there's no skills or there's no trades being accessed anymore. So you don't get that same vibe. You know, now you have to kind of develop your own skill or develop your own trade. It's not trades that are accessible to you anymore. You look at um, you look at credit becoming a greater liability or an asset. You know, if you don't have good credit, if you don't have access to capital or any of these things, investors are not willing to provide you with the capital that you need. So it's a game, you know, it's a game to see who's who's able to survive in this world and who's not. That's what I look at when I think of modern day capital and modern day uh, access to credit. Well, and our businesses are not given the same level level of respect, regardless of the quality of product. We can have the most natural product there is, and we're not given that respect that any other any other you know a lot of them other businesses of other nationalities and cultures and races and such would get. 
um, every, 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 you know, I'm always seeing, you know, different nationalities popping up with a store. Like you got, um, with like it's certain little stigmas. You got the corner store. You got all the ox. You understand what I'm saying? You got the um the Chinese restaurant. That's right. I mean, you got um you know you got some you know it, it, it's just it, the list goes on. It just skips my mind right now. But the list is actually quite lengthy when it comes down to entrepreneurship in our community. The entrepreneurship opportunities in our community doesn't happen for us. No, they rather us. They'd rather us be the consumer than the person going into business for ourselves. We spend the money, right. but we can't make it. Right, because there's no reason why myself or yourself don't be behind that liquor counter. What's the difference besides chance and opportunity? You know what I mean. And that's the funny part is they made us enemy of ourselves. Yes, Jada, they made us enemies of ourselves because they they've taught us to not trust one another. You know what I mean? We are, listen, I'm telling you, we are mentally, we are mentally challenged. We are so mentally challenged when it comes down to a lot of things that's going to actually get us ahead. And black entrepreneurship is going to get us ahead. But the challenge is, is that we got to start trusting one another. We got to, we can't look at it as our brother is scamming us when this nation been scamming us for years, for, for centuries. Right. And that's the PTSD of it all, no? No, that's part of the stigma. That's absolutely part of the stigma. How, you know, you would expect, well, some of the challenges that I'm facing when it comes to the business is it should be easy for me to have a collaborative or a network of people in the, in the, uh, in the occupation that I want. But there's so many people who are not doing that or so many people who are so envious or self-ridden in their own skills they're not willing to pass on the know-how for another person to advance because they're afraid of their spot being taken over right right so it's hard for anybody new to come into this business and succeed or do better than because in our community we're focused on the spots that we have and We'll be damned if we let anybody else come into that spot and take over until we're ready to, or uh, unless they transcend into the next, you know, unless they have no choice to do so. So that's part of it as well. You know, we, we've talked about this on plenty and in, in plenty other instances with elders and youngsters. You know, the elders, the old guard wants to keep their spot. But when somebody new comes with a new idea, you dismiss it because you're envious of what they're doing and you realize there's no room at the top for more than one. And that is well said, my brother. Um, and also someone wrote in and said lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge is definitely a factor. Absolutely. That's what about. We don't know how to manage businesses. We don't know, you know, accounting, the simple accounting information, um, managing, budgeting, all of those different aspects of it. And I guess that's where Baller comes in at because we're going to try to teach these things down the line. I'm sure you're I'm sure financial you're, literacy. That's so important. Right. You know, I mean, it starts as simple as even even if you're looking at a family that has money and they teach their kids, their youngsters, the value of money. You give them money for certain allowances. You put them in a piggy bank. You give them access to it whenever it's of age. There's still some type of branding on that. I think for our culture, a lot of us don't have that. We don't we're not able to do that because the money that we have has to go with our daily life structure. Right. And what we have to start realizing and understanding is how you manipulate this whole credit credit scam, because it is a scam. You know what I mean? Um, loan sharking. It, I, I know loan sharking when I see it, brother. Yeah, you know, that's what it sounds it, like. That, it, that's what it is. That it, It's it's. It, <laughs> it, 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 it's legal loan sharking, bro. You got to understand something about this country, which is crazy, is that a lot of the things that they that they might find illegal, they actually do it. You understand what I'm saying? They, you know, they 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 operate under that under those under those rules, and that's the reason why it becomes illegal is because it goes against you know what what their rules are. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah, of course I can't loan shark. Because you want to be loan sharking, you yeah, you right. want to give out the credit. You want to say, okay, now you owe me a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I hear you, bro. I hear you. Trust me, I know. I know the feeling, bro. I miss miss a few meals just to just to make the dreams come true. Girl, that's that's right. what we're in the middle of, you know. 
But yeah, man, it, it, it's deep, man. It gets deeper and deeper when you start thinking about, you know, what we want to do as entrepreneurs and the heart we have towards our people and what we want to bring to our people and to sit there and say that we having a hard time or we having a struggle in doing so that goes against what I, you know, what I would think, you know, would be the norm. Like the reason why I jumped in there is because I thought I would get the support necessary. The reason why I jumped in there is because this is a no brainer. This is, uh, this is a knock it out the park home run right now. Like, come on, this is community work with the people. Absolutely. I, I tell you what I did do because I was feeling pretty down over the weekend. So in Brooklyn, they have, you know, Tama, Tama streets during, you know, on Tompkins. And okay. there's a lot of black entrepreneurs along that route. So yeah. what I did was I, you know, as I'm purchasing black, because I always buy black first before I buy anything. So I'm over there looking at the vendors and I'm talking to a few of them and I'm asking them, well, what made you decide to go into business? What type of support did you have? Because sometimes we have to look for those who are already there. Like, were you scared? Were you nervous about them? And I got a lot of positive influence from that. So thank you to those vendors that I spoke to over the weekend. And I'm real like positive in getting my business going a couple of weeks and I'll be able, I'll make that, be able to make that big announcement. But you know, it's just having that, that support, you know, because you, you can, you can tell people about your vision and people will automatically spike you because you're doing something that they didn't want to do or that, that, that they couldn't do or right. they're jealous that you're doing it first. So, but for me, I've had a good support system in regards to encouragement and, you know, it's just taking that next step to push this business forward. And that's a little challenging itself because there's so much time in the day to do that. You know, I realize within what you're doing, because you still have to keep your nine to five going until you get comfortable to where you want to be to, you know, continue your business. So that's another aspect of it. You know, there's not enough time to do both. Right. And like I said, time and time again, it's a matter of resources. You know what I mean? Time and time again, the, the, the downfall of the black entrepreneur is resources. It's not enough resources because, like you said, we still we have to pay bills. We still have to live. We still have to keep the lights on and all that other stuff. So as much as you're trying to wait it out for this to happen, a lot of other things is happening. Whereas, like I said, a lot of other cultures have a lot of more help. And it just happens to be within their culture to have that kind of help. Like I've looked in the Indian culture. They'll live together. it would be 10 of them in the house, 20 of them in the house. Not saying yeah. it's very, very safe or sanitary, but... They do that so that they can consolidate bills and then one by one, each one of them get a store. And then all of a sudden from this store, they each one of them get a house. And then all of a sudden, everybody got a store in the house and they live it. You know what I mean? Our people have this separatist mentality built by the, built by America. Like I said, lack of trust. We go back to the lack of trust in one another. Yep. You know what I mean? So we we lack trust with even in, even our own households, you know what I mean, within our own families. You know what I mean? Yeah, we have to change a me and my mentality. We definitely do have to change that me, my mentality that, that plagues the black community. So maybe that's one of those those things that causes the hardships on the black community. Huh, huh, huh Joe? Well, the, like, it's, it's, like it's, I said it's, earlier, it's uh, envy. You know, crabs in a barrel type of mentality. Misery loves company. If one person comes with a vision, it's so hard to get a group of people into that vision unless they're like-minded. If they're not like-minded like you, it's very hard to get them on board with what you're saying because they immediately look at the challenges and difficulties that come right. with it. They look at you as a threat because right. you're a black man that got a business and then I want to be a black man that has a business. So now how am I, how my business going to thrive if you got a business? Instead, right. of, instead of us looking at it as a conglomerate, no, we're looking at it as a separate kind of situation where this is my, this is my territory and that's your territory. Right. And when it easily could be easy if we just con collaborated and pushed both of us together. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, there's strength in numbers. You know, that's the old saying. There's strength in numbers. And that and that's very that's tested all the time when it comes to black entrepreneurship. And like I said, it's a th it's the threat factor. It's the threat factor. It's the factor that we're not united. So it's a lot of it stems from what we've been talking about in the topic, in the hot topic. This I guess we call this season is our mental health. It's the mental health of our people, and that's the reason why you have a show like Plug with Molly and Joe. That's the reason why it's pl plugged in, plugged out. Whatever you need to do, 
get get it done because all of this stems from a lot of mental hate and uh, like a lot of a lot of hate self hatred of of ourselves because when we look at when we look at the next black man we're only looking at ourselves right you know what Absolutely. I mean. Absolutely. It starts from somewhere. I mean, you're not always going to be in the top forever and you have to find a way to get the young group involved, the next generation of entrepreneurs involved. If you're spending so much time bickering at the top, those young ones are just being passed by and there's so much knowledge that you could push towards them and you're not, you know, you're unwilling to share that because of your ego or because, like you said, you want to be at the top and you don't want anybody else there and you you feel threatened because... That's where you are. Yeah, somebody wrote saying when you skip over them and find someone with like-minded people like yourself, Joe, like myself, like you know, we connected or what have you, then you'll have others that feel away, skin up their face, skin up their teeth at the fact that they got skipped over, and then you started dealing with others. I, I, I personally, I'm personally dealing with that in, in my in my in my entrepreneurial journey, um, where it's like me, I'm the next, it's next man up. I don't I don't have time for none of it. I'm I'm, you know, I'm 45 going on 46 years old. I really don't have time to be playing games with people because my life, you know, I've lived a lot of it. I, you know, if you ask, you understand what I'm saying? And, you know, and that's, that's no, that's no joke. So at the end of the day, I, you can't, you can't sit back and, and be complacent with the people around you. You know what I mean? Because those are the people that's going to hold you back the most. Absolutely. So, like I said, I mean, we, this is stuff that we should have had when we were younger. We may have had it in a sense, but we may not understood it. You know, I know for myself, I've always been a natural born hustler or money maker, if you will. I've always been somebody who's been able to, you know, make money, not illegally, but I don't, I don't know what it's not like to have two jobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? At one point in my time, I'm almost 40. I haven't had, I've been working two jobs or less since I was 15 years old or more since I was 15. So I, I've like I said, I've always learned ethics. I've always learned morale. That's what was always taught in my household growing up. And to this day, that's what I learned. But it's hard to break that cycle and come into your own because of what you know. I, I will admit that it's kind of difficult, but well, I'm gonna keep pushing and I'm well, gonna use my resources that I have to do more. In my house, we were raised, you know, Israel raises Israelite and Israelite community. So we was raised to be independent. We was raised to be self-sufficient. We was raised to, to to want to be entrepreneurs, to want all of these things. But what 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 didn't happen? We not, we didn't have none of the resources. We didn't have anything. But no one taught us any of these things how to go about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they taught that this needs to be done. So all my young life, I always knew that being an entrepreneur was something that I would want to do because I don't want to work. You know, work for the, you know the the man at the time, you know, I don't want to work for the man and so forth and the other. And then you realize, okay, there's a process to this. You have to work for the man a little bit just to get where you got to go because there's no, like I said, no resources. You need resources to get there. You can have all the dreams and all the ideas in the world, but if you don't have no resources to, 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 to follow through with them, you'll get nowhere in life. You know what I mean? You'll get no, absolutely nowhere. Yeah, it takes money to make money. That's the old. That's, a, that's one of the oldest um, street sayings there is. You know what I mean? And it, it goes. It, 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 it play. It's a pro and a con because some people say it to dupe you into spending more money than you need. You know what I mean? And then there's a there's these people that's going to just basically schooling you that listen. In order for you to do anything in this world, in this country, in this yeah, in this country, it's going to take a little capital. You know what I mean? They make everything. They you have to pay for everything when it comes down to this paper, that paper, this this. You know, so. Well, that's part of it too, and we didn't we we briefly talked about it, but it's like in order to go into business now, you got to have a license for everything. You mm-hmm. can't go into business, uh, legal business, without getting paying this the city or the government something. Right. You know, it's not. Back then, you didn't need all these licenses and all of these things in order to do that. So now they've made that part of the business structure. So people give up when they see these things. Like, you have to do this in order to get that, in order to do this. So it's like you're spending money before you've even made a dime. Right. You put money to the side, and not many people have that. But it's like you have to save money in order to come come into business for yourself. Back then, you know, it wasn't the case. You took what you had and you made it from there. But 
it's, it's like I said, it feels more like a game to me. You know, it's like you're paying somebody in order to get what you want. Well, Brother Joe, with that being said, this was one more wonderful, wonderful show, bro. It's always a pleasure to actually do these shows with you because I learned so much more things, learned different perspectives to, you know, to just go about life, to understand some of these topics, understand some of these things that's going on. The common denominator, low key today, um, yeah, um, one thing that we low key was talking about today was the mental health. And that is, that's big. That's been spilling through all of our topics today when it comes to when you really think about it. You know what I mean? Even when we talk about the state of hip hop, that's a matter of mental health too. Trust me, there's a, there, was a, there was an agenda that really, you know, that really came through on that. We'll talk about that, the agenda. Yeah, that's the, that's the next topic, the agenda. <laughs> yeah. That'll be good because there's so much we can talk about in regards to that. And I'm already looking forward to it. All right. So look forward to our next topic, which is the agenda. Agenda. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate everybody. We appreciate the Evening Rush Network. We appreciate all the platforms that have us on. I'm going to read them again because those are those who might have came onto the show late. You know what I mean? Who knows? So if you didn't know from earlier when we said it, these are the platforms we're on. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Anchor.fm, Spotify, AHA Radio, Mixcloud, Google Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, The Evening Rush Network, Course Deja Vu TV, um, and we're on Instagram, that's plug, at PluggedMJ. We're on Facebook, that's Plug with Molly and Joe, as you see it. Um, and with that, man, I want to say peace to everybody, man. Joe? Peace.